2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: It's a Thursday live right here on the early line on SportsGrid. Hello and welcome our number two. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. Thank you for joining us all across the Sports Grid Network live right here on the Spiz Grizz. This Thursday starts week number 13 of the NFL regular season in 2023, a matchup of, at the moment, two teams with a winning record that both played on Thanksgiving. So not that short week malaise entering a Thursday night football game, a full week of rest after playing on Turkey Day. It's the Cowboys, boys at 8 and 3 of the Seahawks at 6 and 5 a full blown breakdown and preview of Thursday night football coming away in just a moment but we start here in hour number 2 with some NBA action last night up in northern california the clippers blow out the sacramento kings despite a 40 point performance from de'aaron fox the clippers winning 131 117 well over a total of 231 they remain up in northern california donnie right side for tonight's game against the golden state warriors the line five in favor of the dubs for the clips on the second leg of a back-to-back
4: yeah, now we flip the equation, right? You love the way the Clippers played last night, but now they're on the opposite of a back-to-back. The same thing that you take a look at Sacramento, who was there. The Golden State Warriors, after losing a game to Sacramento, they should be able to handle their business tonight. As long as that line stays four and a half, five, I'm going to back the Golden State Warriors in this spot because we can probably anticipate, even though the estimated starting lineup is Harden, Mann, George, Leonard, and Zubach, you probably know one of those guys yeah. is probably going to sit out tonight. We'll go with the Warriors. Let's go.
3: Yeah, that's where it stands right now. Let's welcome in that Sports Grid radio audience here to our number two of TEL live on this Thursday. It's the early line on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. He is Donnie. I am Ben. 227 and a half is the total. Donnie, entering yesterday, the Clippers have played eight straight games, two and under. We saw more offense than I expected with the Kings on the second leg of a back-to-back after a wild finish to the in-season tournament group play for them victorious in their group I think we get back to those underways for LA tonight a five-point number at the moment in favor of the dubs that might work its way even more depending on who suits up for the Clippers this evening James Harden has now played in 12 games as a member of this Clippers organization LA is just five and seven in that span last night winning outright as a short one-point favorite on the road in Sacramento just the fourth time in those 12 games with the beard the Clippers have covered a number
4: yeah, and uh, well, maybe they can cover another number here. I do think James Harden's probably going to play. What's the question mark here? Probably Kawhi Leonard setting this basketball game out. Yeah. So if you're looking even from a props perspective on the Clippers for me, maybe a Russell Westbrook, you know, likes to get some extra run there. And also, Terrence Mann, last game scored 18 points against Sacramento here. You know he's going to be the beneficiary of maybe not having Paul George or Kawhi Leonard as well. But I don't think the Clippers are going to win here, but it is good to see. Hey, James Harden can actually yeah. be a functional basketball player. That's not what the Clippers were hoping for, a functional basketball player. They they wanted to catch that lightning in a bottle where he was one of the best players in the league in Houston and quite frankly, leading the NBA in assists with the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. That James Harden hasn't shown up yet.
3: The Clippers last year, right, were a team that was projected to make some noise in the postseason. They fell short injuries this story. The story for the Dubs last year, the tremendous road woes, but they were really good in San Francisco at the Chase Center. This year, just three and six straight up at home as the home favorite, which they are tonight, over 0, 0 and 7 against the spread as the home favorite, not covering by an average margin of around seven points per game. Golden State at this moment a five-point. Favorite, both L.A. teams on the second leg of a road back-to-back. The Clippers up in Northern California. The Lakers in the middle of the country. Tonight in Oklahoma City, taking on the Thunder, who have dropped two straight as well. But OKC, a a five-and-a-half point favorite tonight at home against the Lakers. The over-under is 233. I mean, let's just go.
4: Shea Gildress Alexander. Take a look at the last five games, Ben. 40-28, 40-31, and 32. As mm. long as he is playing well and healthy in that starting lineup, they were formidable. I look at the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, you had to have a bounce-back win after that disastrous night in Philadelphia. But now it's time for those young legs to run those Lakers off the court. Give me OKC at home. I'll cover that number. They should win this game by double digits in my estimation.
3: 31 and a half is the points prop for Shade Gilgis-Alexander tonight. I don't think we are going to see a points prop on SGA under 30, Donnie. Maybe for the rest of this NBA season, or at least here in this recent stretch. Last night, Anthony Davis, 29 minutes. 28 points, 16 rebounds, and the 26-point win for the Lakers on the road in Detroit. 25 points in 29 minutes for LeBron James to go with eight rebounds. D'Angelo Russell, the leading scorer for LA, 35 points, 5 of 7 from 3, had 9 dimes as well. The Lakers as a favorite this year, just 5 and 7 against the spread, now booked as the underdog. But after playing 29 minutes apiece last night, AD and LeBron will see who is out there tonight for the lakers on the second leg of a road back to back only one laker has a prop listed at this moment his name is lebron james 24 and a half for the king in his 21st nba season now we go to miami the heat and the Pacers, two teams that right now in the thick of the Eastern Conference standings, Indiana, a, oh, excuse me, I'm looking at a number from Monday in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, as I scroll too far. Indiana tonight in South Beach, a two-point underdog. Miami laying two at home, the over-under 239. The Pacers in 16 games this year, over in 14 of 16. That's why the total is close to 240.
4: It looks like the estimated starting lineup tonight does include Jimmy Butler, does not include Tyler Hero. So I'll look towards those young, fresh legs of the Indiana Pacers. And particularly, if you're just trying to take a look at some profits here, points and assists from Tyrese Halliburton have been an absolute goldmine. Why is that going to slow down tonight? With a total of 240. I do think the Heat are a legitimate threat tonight. Should win the basketball game. They're favored. But that's just fun. This is against what Heat culture is. Going way into the 240s here in a game. We'll see if that Heat culture can play some defense. But I'm leaning on there Tyrese Halliburton to get over points and assists.
3: Donnie, I love where we're at in the NBA season, by the way, and you can see it reflected in Tyrese Halliburton's props for tonight. Look at the season averages. Nearly 26 points per game, a 25.9. His points prop tonight, 25 and a hook. Nearly 12 dimes per game. That's incredible. 11.9. What's his assist prop tonight? 11.5. 3.7 rebounds per game. 3.5 rebounds for the prop this evening. Again, Indiana. Over in 14 of 16 games this year because Tyrese Halliburton is orchestrating the offense so well for this Pacers side. As an underdog, Indiana four and two against the spread. Again, it's only a two-point number in favor of the Heat. But Miami at home this year, as a favorite, not great. One and four against the number. That's where those two teams stack up tonight. Entering a South beach showdown between the Pacers and the Heat. Now we go from the hardwood on this Thursday to Thursday night football at the Star in Dallas. It's the Cowboys and the Seahawks. An NFC battle we'll break down for you next. The preview Thursday night football here on the Early Line Week number 13 of this NFL regular season kicks off tonight in Dallas between the Cowboys and the Seahawks. As we welcome you back to a Thursday live right here on the early line, we will break down TNF, a matchup tonight that features two teams that enter with a winning record. The Cowboys tied for that second best mark in the NFC alongside the Lions and the 49ers at eight and three. The Seahawks have lost two in a row. They are now just six and five. And Donnie, as we look at the numbers, for tonight to start things out an eight and a half point spread in favor of Dallas the over under 47 and a half again this is not a short week Thursday night football game for either of these two teams of course the Cowboys play every year on Thanksgiving and the Seahawks were at home hosting the San Francisco 49ers in the nightcap of the triple header on Turkey Day what does a full week of rest mean for this Thursday night football game to start week 13. It should mean
4: a lot, but it still means to me the Dallas Cowboys are going to flatline the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks Mm. coming into the season, we thought they could be a competitive team, and they are a competitive team. But it's been pretty, you know clear through the past couple weeks that this team that showed up last year with a great story in Geno Smith is not that same football team. They're going to come in here a little bit banged up at the running back position with Kenneth Walker probably not playing. They still have quality wide receivers. You know, you draft a top draft pick at number one, then you still have Tyler Lockett and also DK Metcalf in there, but it hasn't worked out into that aerial assault we were hoping for because if you can have that solid running game, which they do have a couple quality backs, Jackson Smith and Jigbit wide receiver added into the slot along with Lockett there and again, as I said, on the outside, DK Metcalf, this should be a much more explosive offense, but I think this train really ran aground when they played, you know, loved it when they beat Detroit, but then going up against Baltimore and just not really showing up. And the Dallas Cowboys have that propensity. If you can be a bully to the Cowboys, you can beat them. But if the Dallas Cowboys get in the bully position, they are fantastic about blasting you off of the field. And it looks like we're finally getting that offensive stride we've been waiting for. Tony Pollard being active here, scoring touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb being, once again, one of the top players in the NFL at the wide receiver position. Dallas should run away with this game tonight for me, Ben.
3: After not scoring a touchdown since week number one, Tony Pollard has now found the end zone two consecutive games for Dallas. We're going to run the triple option later on to end out our three hours on the early line. I already know what Donnie's favorite prop is for TNF. That's Pollard to find pay dirt once again. Donnie, here's part of the expectation, though, entering tonight. You can see the Cowboys, a hefty favorite, eight and a half points. They have been favored in nine of their 11 games this year. They are eight and three. They have covered in all eight Of those wins but all eight wins have come against a team that currently has a losing record the Seahawks enter tonight currently with a record above 500 the ironic thing is if Dallas hands the Seahawks a loss as is the expectation based on that eight and a half point spread the Seahawks would be an even 500 Dallas still would not have a win currently over a team with a winning record but knowing that Donnie Does it change anything for you tonight about where the Cowboys stand if they are able to beat the Seahawks at home?
4: No, it doesn't because we're used to – it's the same thing with the Miami Dolphins. Boy, they're a lot of fun to bet. They're a lot of fun to take props on. They can hammer bad teams, and they get after it. But once they step up and wait and somebody punches back, those teams tend to fold. I expect the Dallas Cowboys to start punching down once again in their game tonight. against Also, keep in mind, just take a look at the last four games right, against opponents. Baltimore, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Now, LA's got a shaky defense there, but they do have some talent there. Aaron Donald still be on the front end. The San Francisco 49ers, we know, have a good defense, and the same thing with the Baltimore Ravens. Their points in that game, 3, 16, and 13. So I do think the game has a legitimate chance to go over, but the question for me, Ben, is not the Dallas Cowboys at all. It's what am I bringing to the table here with the Seattle Seahawks, who who knows if Geno Smith's arm or shoulder is even still healthy at this point. The one thing we do know is he can maneuver around the pocket, But he's not Michael Vick. He's not Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts back there. This is a devastating pass rush about to come and try to eat him alive tonight. And I think there's a good chance that the issue with this game is Seattle not scoring, if you want to take a look at the total, not the Dallas Cowboys.
3: Yeah, the Seahawks have dropped two straight, three of their last four. They've been an underdog in all three of those losses, including against the L.A. Rams, albeit on the road in SoFi, but against the la rams technically losing that game by one they did cover as a two-point underdog the seahawks this year as an underdog two and three ats their only outright victory as a dog was in their first game as an underdog in detroit week number two winning outright 37 31 with a second half comeback as a four and a half point dog but when expected to lose games they often do that, and they have not covered in a ton of them this year. Meanwhile, for Dallas, they've been booked as a double digit favorite of at least 11 and a half points in three consecutive games entering tonight. In fact, this spread will be the sixth time this year the boys have been booked as a touchdown favorite or more in their five previous games, four and one against the spread, and actually straight up. They were a 12 and a half point favorite against Arizona. They lost that game by 12 way back in September, week number three. And to your point, Donnie, about that over under at 47 and a half, it's not a short week thursday night football game and what we know about the cowboys because they beat up on bad teams in seven of their eight wins this year they have scored 30 or more points maybe we see some points on this thursday night at the star
4: yeah, take a look at their last five games for the Dallas Cowboys and how they present themselves. Against the Rams, 43 points. That's a bad football team. Against the Eagles, they lose and only scored 23 points in that game. Then they play three teams at the bottom of the barrel. The Giants put up 49. Then they take on the Carolina Panthers. They put up 33. And then 45 points against the Washington Commanders. Yeah. So the M.O. is there. Maybe the safest play is to say, you know what, I'm only going to be playing props here from a Dallas Cowboys perspective. Whether it's a team total, yeah. whether it's the spread for their end, whether it's C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, Tony Pop whoever that might be because you should be and, and also as I say this the Seattle Seahawks again are quality they have weapons at wide receiver so if you're looking for a Geno Smith maybe that comes in the fourth quarter where they can pick up some scrap yards there but the way I look at this football game Dallas is better Dallas's MO is beating inferior opponents Seattle even though they have a decent record not a quality football team here I think they really pound them
3: Yeah, Donnie, when you look at the numbers too for Dallas in that five-game span over in four of their last five because of how good the offense has been. And in their eight wins this year, they've held the opposing team to 20 points or less, 10 points or under in six of those eight wins. Can they do the same against the Seattle team that only scored 13 last Thursday at home against San Francisco? The 49ers now the best scoring defense in the National Football League. If we're looking at the props off, offensively for the Cowboys it starts with Dak Prescott 280 and a half his passing yards prop tonight the Seahawks the 11th worst passing defense in the NFL giving up an average of 231 yards per game and when you look at Dak 304 passing yards or more in four of the last five games a six to one price now on Prescott to win the NFL MVP that's tied with the third best number around the National Football League
4: That is. So if you can ask the Seattle Seahawks to return fire, Dak Prescott should have a really good football game. And again, you saw that one and a half. That's not like a plus 100, minus 110. You're getting elevated somewhere around a two-to-one price if you want to pay for that for him to throw two touchdown passes. Having said that, he is going to throw two touchdown passes in this football game. Mm -hmm. I do believe Tony Pollard is going to score a touchdown the same way I believe that CeeDee Lamb is. I'm just hoping that from a better's perspective, now granted, if you're betting the over-under, leave it out of this. Just from a prop perspective, if you're betting overs, you just need Seattle to return fire tonight we could get a really good performance and as Ben you brought up already multiple Mm times we're not a true Thursday night football game everybody is on rest you should get as clean a Thursday night football game as you can from outside of what the opening game where we saw the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs play a Thursday night football game but the first game of the season let's
3: hope so And Prescott, who has thrown for 304 yards or more in four of the last five, who led the National Football League in INTs a year ago in the last five games, 17 touchdowns to only two interceptions. That's why the passing touchdown prop of one and a half has the over with tremendous juice at minus 210. If you're looking for Dak to go over, here are his receiving options. CeeDee Lamb, who has picked it up in a big way, 87 and a half the number. I love that price, Andre. And cooks at 37 and a half, as we'll discuss on the other side for the Seahawks 59 and a half leading the way for DK Metcalf
2: more handicaps as we look at the early lines for week number 13 Next. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: time to get you ready for week number 13 of this NFL season that again begins tonight in Dallas between the Cowboys and the Seahawks I'm Ben Stevens Donnie right side is where his last name is on the right side and Joe Ranieri now joins us as the man in the middle Jr., thank you so much for being here on this Thursday morning as you always are the hardest working man at the Spiz Grizz how was last night on Game Time Decisions
7: Uh, Outstanding Uh, stuff. It was a great night of uh, college basketball. Uh, Pretty good. Love that uh, whole SEC ACC battle there. Uh, The NBA had one blowout after another. So that was fun. So we're looking forward to a little Thursday night football, which in all likelihood will be yet another blowout. (laughs)
3: Yeah, an eight and a half point spread in favor of the boys, the over under 47 and a half. It is Dallas an eight and three football team hosting the Seattle Seahawks currently a six and five football team, although they have dropped two straight and three of their last four. Joe, it's a big spread. Eight and a half in Mm. favor of the Cowboys. How do you feel about tonight's Thursday night football game that starts week number 13?
7: Well it's uh, it it's interesting right because the the Cowboys have been dating back to what last year guys we're talking about an absolute juggernaut at home uh 13 game winning streak i believe uh they're also scoring at least what 30 points in at least 8 of those wins they've they've dropped 40 at least in the last three here at uh, at Jerry's World here. So uh, they have basically outscored teams on their turf, 472 to 218 going back to last year. And now you have a Seahawks team who has no offensive line, whose defense is going the wrong way, giving up an average of 385 yards and, and almost four touchdowns a game over the last four. This is a recipe for disaster including a hurt Geno Smith so I understand why the market is uh, is looking at the Cowboys and pushing this all the way up almost to double digits my goodness this is uh, this has got disaster written all over it yeah, we were talking about
4: it earlier. It, and it's disaster coming from Seattle's side because we figure mm-hmm. that Dallas is going to give us an honest effort, at least on offense. What are we going to get out of Geno Smith? We don't know. But let me ask you this question about the Dallas Cowboys' upcoming schedule here because so much is made of the Philadelphia Eagles and what they're going through right now. The Dallas Cowboys are going to play Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit over the next month here. Are we going to be singing the same tune about the Dallas Cowboys? Or, Joe, are we going to be looking at the Dallas
7: Cowboys? Maybe they could be mm. front runners in the NFC. Listen, the Cowboys have been telling us with Dak Prescott what they are for years now. Uh, Cowboy fans refuse to listen to it. So let me lay it out for you. The Cowboys look like world beaters against sub 500 teams against you. anybody who can actually hold their own they figure out ways to shoot themselves in the foot they've already did it to philadelphia uh tonight is not going to be a test for them at all but we are going to learn a little something donny to your point over the next couple of weeks about what this is this a different cowboys team i have my doubts but they certainly are going to have the opportunity to show us The interesting
3: and ironic thing perhaps about tonight's matchup, Seattle enters with a winning record. So if the Cowboys Mm -hmm. beat them, hey, that's a win against a team above five hundred. But if they win, the Seahawks drop to an even five hundred at six and six. The Cowboys have been booked as a favorite in nine of their eleven games. They're eight and one both straight up and against the number as a favorite. They have covered in all eight of their wins. None of those have come, though, against a team (laughs) with a winning record. In fact, they were booked as an underdog in the only two games they have played against a team that currently is above 500 and they were 0-2 against the number in both of those games against who you may ask the two teams in front of them in the nfc championship odds who faced off last year for that nfc title the san francisco 49ers and the philadelphia Eagles. A rematch of last year's NFC Championship game and potentially a preview of this year's this upcoming Sunday, Joe, in Philadelphia at the Link. But it's San Francisco as the slight road favorite laying two and a half points against the birds the total working its way up slightly to 47 and a half joe for philadelphia they have played in what feels like a game of the year for three consecutive weeks all a part of this gauntlet portion of their schedule what do you expect for the eagles and the niners in the rematch of last year's nfc title game
7: Well, it's another one of these spots where this game means, in all likelihood, a hell of a lot more to the visitor than it does to the home team. I mean, quite honestly, how they've gotten to this point, only losing to the Jets is beyond me. But, you know, some things you just can't explain. We did this with... Tom Brady all those years, right? Like, how do, I like this, this dude should not be winning the games he's winning, but Jalen Hurts has that gene, whatever that is. Uh, it doesn't seem to phase him late in games, and they do what they have to do to win. You can't teach that, by the way. Teams either have that or they don't. We just talked about the Cowboys. They're a team that don't have it. Philadelphia does, but the 49ers... Well, they spent an entire offseason uh, off playing the whole what could have been if we had a quarterback. Yeah. Well, guess what? You have a quarterback. He's back. He is healthy. And right now, they come into this game, guys, 13 5 1 in the last 19 games as a favorite. They're a favorite in this one. The Eagles are only 1 and 4 against the number as a home underdog going back to 2021. They are banged up, the Eagles. This has been a rough stretch. Uh, It would not shock me if they breathe a little bit here and the 49ers walk away with the win. But then again, so what? Uh, I think both these teams have enough confidence that no, I'm not really interested in winning the game in November. Let's talk to each other in January and we'll see who's, uh, who's left standing.
4: Yeah, we've been around the block multiple times here, handicapping. You take a look at the number that's a stone cold San Francisco 49ers line. It stone really cold. is because make it make Ooh. sense where the best team in the NFC, the best record is at home and they're an underdog to a team that's lost three football games. We usually know how this turns out here. The odds makers typically in the right with the way they price this game. But let's take a look at another football game here, Joe, Denver and Houston. If you would have told me four to five weeks ago, hey, by the way, the winner of this game probably headed towards the playoffs. I would have laughed you right <laughs> off of the screen, but here we are a three and a half point Favorite here for Houston and a total 47 and a half. Denver has played very good football. Why? Because they finally have all that Nathaniel Hackett nonsense out of the building. Looks like we reprogrammed Russ to say, hey, you know what? You don't have to throw so many turnovers or so many interceptions and turn the football over. Just play within yourself. That'll be good enough. Who wins this football game Sunday afternoon?
7: I mean, listen, we're we're talking about a Broncos team that is what, six and two over the last eight games here. They have actually been getting better as the season had gone. Don't forget, this was a defense that gave up, what, 70 points to Miami? Uh, And it feels like it was yesterday. So, I mean, listen, Mm. give kudos to everybody on that Bronco. From Peyton all the way down, we were labeling him Hackett Light. Uh, early on in the season here for Denver, and he has done an amazing job. So has Russ. You know what they had figured out? They figured out who they were, what they do well, and they spent absolutely no more time trying to be anything other than what they are. And that is a team that's going to run the ball. That is a team that is not going to shoot themselves in the foot. And the defense has figured it out. There is a reason why Denver didn't start selling At that trade deadline, if you guys remember, Judy was supposed to go, Cortland, they were going to sell everyone and start over. Well, they didn't, and I think this is the reason why. And I think, listen, Denver has got some experience. Uh, Houston, to me, is a team. It's a great story, uh, but let's be realistic. One of these teams is playing way over their head this year, and it's not the Denver Broncos. At some point... Uh, The rookie quarterback there who's been phenomenal, but we're starting to see some cracks here over the last couple of games. He's going to make the wrong throw at the wrong time, and they're going to end up losing a game. Great season, but this is not going to continue at some point. A
3: a three-and-a-half point spread, of course, in favor of the Texans. Houston just two-and-two straight up when booked as Mm. the favorite this year. 0-4 against the spread from that game midway through the afternoon in H-Town to a game on Sunday night football at the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. We can say that now in the month of December. It's the Chiefs. And the Packers, a six-point number in favor of KC. Green Bay, the home underdog at Lambeau Field, with the over-under at 42-and-a-half. The line was six-and-a-half just a few days ago. Take off the hook, still six in favor of Kansas City. Joe, how competitive do you think Sunday night football is going to be?
7: I think it'll be very competitive, but I do think uh, the Green Bay Packers are the right side here with the points, and I think the market is agreeing with me here. It's a terrible spot for Kansas City, because who do they have on deck? Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, They got a a pretty pissed off and uh, rough there Buffalo Bills team, who is going to decide more towards what happens with Kansas City in the playoff scenario than it does beating an NFC team here on the road. I I think it's a terrible spot. I think Green Bay is another one of these teams that is starting to come into their own. In other words, they are a different team now than they were in September, much like we just talked about with the Denver Broncos. We see it every year. These teams that start to evolve and start to play better football in November and December are the teams I'm looking to back. And Green Bay is one of those teams right now with their uh, win against Detroit on Thanksgiving. They're showing you that maybe we stuck the fork in Jordan Love a little too soon here. They're healthier mm. in the secondary and the defense, and this is not a game I see Kansas City laying it all out to win because it really means nothing to them in the long run here.
3: Quickly here before we transition to college football, in our next segment, an AFC South Divisional duel with the news that Jonathan Taylor is out for the next two to three weeks. Joe, the reason we can do this quickly, it's a virtual pick'em. NDA slight road favorite in Nashville. So with that virtual pick'em numbers
7: on the money line, who wins outright? Yeah, well, take Tennessee in every teaser you can. Get them over seven mm. and a half because the Colts will not be beating them by more than a touchdown. I can assure you of that.
3: Way to say in the pick 'em game to put it in a teaser. That's what Joe does well. We go college football, conference championship weekend next.
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
5: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
3: We're live right here on a Thursday on the Early Line. We are just one day away from Conference Championship Weekend in college football beginning. On a Friday night, it's a doubleheader. The CUSA Conference Championship game between Liberty and New Mexico State. And of course, the nightcap and the marquee, the Pac-12 title game in Las Vegas. We will get Joe thoughts here for a second consecutive segment on what we have at stake in Conference Championship Weekend in college football. But Joe, we look first, not at Friday night, but what we will see on Saturday, a top 10 tilt in Atlanta, Georgia, between the two time defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide, Georgia number one in the country, Alabama number eight in the country, entering this final weekend before the college football playoff selection committee will determine the four teams to play in the CFP on Sunday afternoon. It's a six and a half point spread in favor of Georgia the over under 54 and a half Joe it's a rematch of the 2021 SEC title game where Alabama booked Mm -hmm. as the underdog
7: won outright can they do it again Yeah, well, of course they can. I mean, did you see how they beat Auburn to even get into this game? I mean, you want to talk about, I don't know what kind of voodoo that Saban is rolling over there because he had no business winning that game, especially the way he did. But yet here we are talking about Georgia and Alabama here. So the chaos that we want. When it comes to the college football playoff, we need two results this weekend, right? We need Georgia to lose, and we need Alabama to win this game, and we need Florida State to lose. And then all hell breaks loose uh, when it comes to the college football playoff. Uh, And I think they have a pretty good chance of doing it here. I tend to look at this game because, quite honestly, I mean, Georgia-Alabama... It's either going to be a last-second field goal or one of these teams is going to win by 30. That's just the way it's going to be here. I also happen to think that the total is probably the way to look because the one thing Georgia is not great at this year that they have been in years fast is their run defense. So I do think with Milrow and and the threat of running the ball there, I do think Bama is going to get theirs here. I am not sure about uh, Georgia here. I think Georgia will keep this game close. Alabama will do with both defenses. We'll do everything to keep the game close. I don't see the offenses being the story here. I see the defenses being the story, and that's why I'm looking at the under in this one. I do think this one is going to be a heavyweight fight, but not like mm. the heavyweight fight we're going to get out west in the Pac-12.
4: Yeah, by the way, Georgia-Alabama. We will have some chaos here if Alabama does win because that opens up the door for a lot of football teams jockeying for position of why they should be in that Final Four here. But let's talk about that Friday night football game out on the West Coast in Las Vegas. That's the Oregon Ducks and the Washington Huskies, a rematch of a game that came right down to the end of it. Most people saying, hey, Dan Lanning, you don't have to be so aggressive. You could have came away with that victory. Well, now is the chance that they can get back at the Washington Huskies. The line on this game seems a little bit inflated to me at 9.5. So let me ask you these two questions. Questions which i've been doing all week long number one who do you think is going to win this football game and number two is that line inflated because if Oregon wins this football game they still might need some extra help by saying to the committee hey guys we won by double
7: digits here let us in yeah it's only happened a couple of times i think since uh this all began where you go into a championship game and, a, and an undefeated team going up against a one-loss team is somehow this big of a underdog here. I think it was back in Alabama was the last time it happened moons ago. Uh, But it does feel like there's one team coming into playing their best football right now. And it feels like there's another team that is holding on to dear life here. And I don't know how much is left in the tank for Washington. It's been an unbelievable season, uh, but this last month has been grueling for them. And, you know, when Pennix can't even watch the end of the game there against Washington State and the field goal to be good, because he basically had nothing left in the tank. Oregon is pissed off. Oregon feels they should have won the first game and quite honestly ever since that loss they have been on a mission here. And listen, the, the committee's already told you who they want to win. Uh they, you know they they want Oregon uh, with this final uh with this final tally here before the championship games. They've basically given Oregon the opportunity to win and really be in. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think it's been a hell of a run. But I also think I don't want to lay three dollars uh, with Oregon as a uh, as a money line favorite. But I still think right. you can get Bo Nix at a pretty decent price to beat a Heisman winner because if he wins this game, hand him the trophy. Here, guys, uh, I think that's only a buck mm. fifty or minus one sixty. So I think those two things are correlated.
3: Joe, Donnie and I jumped on that number last week, plus 150. Earlier this week, it was minus 180. In fact, just Mm -hmm. yesterday afternoon, it was minus 180. Now it's minus 220 for Bo Nix as the hefty odds-on favorite to win a Heisman Trophy in 2023. His passing yards prop for the matchup against UW, 317 and a half, a number he has been over in four consecutive games, a number he went over in the first time he played Washington back in the middle of October in Seattle. Michael Penix Jr. also threw for over 300 yards in that game against a dominant Ducks defense. But since that point, he's been under in four of the last Mm -hmm. six games for Washington. 295 and a half is his number. He's been under 300, which at a point was unheard of in four of those last six for the Huskies. The Ducks also dominant in terms of covering numbers. Nine and two Mm -hmm. against the spread as the favored side this year. Joe, we have a two part question for you as we transition to the ACC championship game. Well, look at the big picture. If Florida State beats Louisville on Saturday night in charlotte will fsu make it to the college football playoff that's the second part that we'll discuss in just a moment but let's start with the first part of that question the if florida state a two and a half point favorite against the cardinals of louisville for that acc championship game on saturday night trying to go a perfect 13 and 0 with a power five conference championship so that's the first part of the question if florida state wins joe does florida state win
7: so it's. Uh, I feel terrible for Florida State for Jordan Travis because really this shouldn't be the conversation we're having, but this is where we are at here. And you know, Rodemaker, give the kid credit. He came in and Florida State did exactly what they needed to do, played exactly the kind of game they needed to to beat Florida, and that is an ugly game that you could keep within one score, give yourself an opportunity to win it in the second half, let your running back and, you know, the defense, maybe special teams win the game for you, and that's exactly what happened to them, but the problem is In order to beat Louisville, you're going to have to throw the ball. Why? Because Florida State's got a very good run defense. Secondary, yeah. But what does Plummer and, and Louisville and Brom do better than anybody? They can throw the ball. What happens if Florida State is down two touchdowns? How is this kid going to be able to drop back? You're not going to be able to hand the ball off, right? You're not going to be able to uh, kind of milk it like you did against Florida long enough in order to be able to try to pull away in that game late. My fear here is that Louisville throws all over them, does enough to get a couple of scores up, 10 points, 9 points, 8 points, anything along those lines. It's going to be very difficult for Florida State. If you have to drop this kid back and expect him to pass on what is a very good Louisville secondary here. Don't see it happening here. I think Louisville is the right side. I hope they win simply because I have no desire to watch Florida State uh, get blown out by Oregon 45-3 to because that's exactly what would happen if he has to go up against Bo Nix.
4: I mean, I completely agree here in this spot because, again, we're not knocking Florida State. If Florida State never Mm-mm. lost Travis and won every game by one point, I'd say, you know what? They're deserving to go in. They can beat anybody. Yep. But I always like to say, and again, you're not supposed to do this. Play the season over again with Rademacher as your starting quarterback all the way through. You're not going undefeated. And I know that's unfair to say because of how they line up. But at the same time, let me tell you this. If Milrow beats Georgia this weekend but tears his ACL with a minute to go in the football game and they right. have one loss, you know what? I'm putting Texas in over them because I've seen Amen. what's behind that a quarterback behind Milrow. I'm just trying to be honest about being a fan of the football game but also doing the right thing. Nobody wants to see Florida State get a medal for participation and make it through and get waxed in the first round of the college football playoff because of what they've done before. You're trying to put the best four football teams in. And yes, regular season does matter, but there are extenuating circumstances that you have to look at.
7: Yeah, and don't forget, too, Travis was a big part of that running attack. So that's what made him so good. And the fact that he's not available, guess what? See, uh, Rodman is not going to run. So it, unless he has the game of his life throwing the ball in this spot, uh, it's I just don't see how Plummer and company don't get it done. And then uh, mm. you know, Florida State got a New Year's Six ball; it's still great. But let's face it, I don't want to watch blowouts in the fun. You know, in the championship run yeah. here, and that's what we would get if Florida State won.
3: Right, which we've never seen a blowout in the college football playoff semifinal. The nine-year history of this format of determining a national champion, the average margin of victory is 19 points per game in a semifinal matchup. Anyway, to what Donnie had to say, as you probably saw in my reaction trying to contain myself, Mm -hmm. I had such great issue with participation trophy that they won all 13 of their games, including a Power Five Conference Championship. You are not handing them anything. The results on their resume matter and Donnie to your point about Jalen Milrow getting injured in the SEC championship game even if Alabama beat Georgia well then Alabama should get the credit for winning the SEC championship game over the two time defending national title winners that being Georgia but have they the didn't get yeah. in ahead of You'll Texas it's because Texas beat them in a head-to-head matchup back in week number two I will just say this, Joe, your point about Louisville taking advantage of Florida State's poor rush defense and how they want to get things done on the ground. Jawar Jordan, Isaac Garrendo, FSU, the fifth worst rushing defense in the yep. ACC, giving up nearly 160 yards per game. That's a great point for a key matchup advantage. If Florida State wins the football game, doesn't matter if they're not seen as one of the best four teams in the country. They are deserving because of what the results, the outcomes, and the resume says. And then that is why. So, you're, wait, wait, so, you're, the,
7: so So what I'm hearing, though, from Donnie yeah. is Donnie would yeah. rather have the four best. You would rather have the four most deserving. No doubt about That's it. That's two totally because different college, things here. <laughs> correct. But the college football
3: playoff was designed in the selection committee was designed to reward teams for what they have done. If we want to just base it on the odds and what the expectation should be, don't Play the football games. The CFP was Who's not designed. Who's the four best in to... your
7: opinion then? Who's the four best in your opinion? The four what best football teams in the country right now? Four best the four football best team right team in the country right now
3: would be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and probably Alabama at this moment. But I don't think all four of those teams would make it. That's a big difference. I don't that most deserving, though, know, isn't it? But, but again, you have to the
7: extenuating circumstances card.
3: Like
4: FSU would be going if they had Jordan Travis and won this game by one point. Yes. I would be like, man, let's go Florida state. See what we can have. They're just not as good football team. And if we had a 12 team playoff or a 2014 yeah. playoff, there would be no, we said, yo, FSU go there, see what you can do. Right. But we've seen this before going into it. And again, it's going to work out fine. It usually does. But I just don't right. want Florida State in that college football playoff because I think we'd have a much better game if they were left out. That's all. But if they had and Travis, they deserve every right. bit of it and every, probably performed yep. at a high level.
3: And on the greatest moment of your life, Donnie Wright's side, back in 2018 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and Carson Wentz got injured at the end of the regular season, and nobody thought Nick Foles could lead them to a Nick Super Bowl Foles and the Lombardi Trophy. True we should have
4: kept back. Had starting, had a 27-year-old. the playoffs, one of the, the highest recruits Florida State's
3: ever seen at the quarterback position. If they what go into the swamp in and football? beat Florida Nothing. and win an ACC title, how is that not deserving? This is going to be a fun weekend ahead, Joe. We appreciate you. We'll talk about it next here on TEL.
1: <laughs>
6: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
5: ba ba ba
3: Is your blood pressure down? Has your heart rate slowed in that commercial break? Mine hasn't. Welcome back as we end out hour number two of the early line on this Thursday. I am Ben Stevens. Donnie Wright's side is here, and the Sports Grid app always is. Available for download at the Apple and the Play Store. You can scan the QR code on your screen, and in a matter of moments, all of our insight and information in the palm of your hand. So, Donnie, as we get ready for week number 13 of the NFL regular season, we'll put our debate about the college football playoff to the side for just a moment. It's a question about the Cowboys, who are an 8-3 and three football team. All eight wins coming against teams with a losing record. Tonight, they host a team that has a winning record at the moment, the Seattle Seahawks. What does it mean for our outlook for Dallas this season? We ask that question now and fade the public. <laughs> at sports Grid tv on twitter the question for everybody out there if i'm seeing the poll there it is how far will the cowboys go this year super bowl champs nfc championship reach the nfc title game or just reach the wild card or divisional round knowing where dallas has been donnie my answer was wild card and divisional round and that's where most of the public sees it as well 62 percent of the public saying dallas won't get past the second round of the nfc playoffs are you fitting the public
4: No, I'm going to be with the public. 62%, they are absolutely correct. There's a lot of people that are watching this show and also out there on X that are voting on this who have actually never seen the Dallas Cowboys play in a Super Bowl, let alone an NFC Championship game. So if you want trends, there it is. Hey, the Dallas Cowboys are extremely successful in the regular season. The Dallas Cowboys are extremely talented here. How come they don't win? They just don't. And that may be the best trend of all, man.
3: Yeah, because they have not reached the NFC Championship game since 1995. That was their last Super Bowl championship. We'll continue the conversation into hour number three. And shout out my man, Charles Begley, that just gave me another point for my college football playoff argument when hour three starts
7: in less than a minute.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh,